Hey, After Buzzers, welcome to an all new Twin Peaks after show here at After Buzz TV. Tonight, we're going to be breaking down season three, part six. We have a lot to say, so stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Hello again, you awesome After Buzzers. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's recap of Twin Peaks. I'm your host, Sam Davidson. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at SamD43. I have my awesome panel here, as always. Let's start with you, Lex. I am Lex Michael. I am thrilled for the official soundtrack release, which is in September, I believe. And I am all over social media at the Lex Michael. And I am Michael X. Shirley, which you can find me on Instagram and Twitter. Hey everybody, welcome back. I'm Lisa Mason Lee, and you can find me everywhere at Lisa Mason Lee. And of course, guys, don't forget to follow AfterBuzz TV at AfterBuzz TV on all social media platforms. Lisa is in the live chat. Tonight's episode completely <laughs> just uh, blew my mind on many levels. What did you guys think? Well, I'd like to say that the chat, in the chat, the minds are blown, too. We've got a lot of action happening in here, lots of opinions, lots of thoughts, so everyone's really excited. So thanks for watching and yeah. hanging out. Hey, everybody. Um, yeah, 18 hours. So we are, this was hour <laughs> six. So we are a full third of the way through, and it really does feel like we are making a pivot out of our first act and into the second act. And there are a couple of big things that happen that I think will only continue to be of great significance in the episodes to come that I'm really excited to talk about. But yeah, this really does feel like we're out of Act 1 into Act 2 now. Yes. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Where are we? I I don't know. I feel like we're just kind of everywhere, and I'm just trying to put the pieces together. Yeah. It's just kind of hard, but he is, you know, like our time's greatest surrealist director, so not always going to be able to figure out what's going on. Yeah, so on that note, give us a little leeway, guys. You know, we're we're trying our best to uh, figure this out for all of you. So let's start with the whole, I'm just going to call him Dougie. He's Dougie now. I keep on writing Dougie Dale. Dale. It's Dougie. It's Dougie for all intents and purposes. We have a really fun scene at the beginning. You know, we left him at the statue. Still which there. Which has significance, we know, in some way, shape, or form. And the security guard, it was a really funny scene. As sad as this episode was, there were a lot of fun moments in there. I think that was one of them. Yes. And he gets taken home, you know, to his wife, Janie E., and... It's just so bizarre that she's used to this from Dougie in some way. No one's that surprised he's acting like this. I we'll, we'll get to it a little bit later, but there's a scene with his boss at yes. his job where finally somebody goes, you may need professional help. And I was like, thank you. Right. <laughs> yes. It was, it, it's very bizarre. But one thing I really did like from the scene after they brought him back home is with Sonny Jim. Yes. I like that he had a clapper. Yeah, me too. I didn't know they still sold those. That was awesome. Uh, And, you know, we see that Sonny Jim, at first I thought Sonny Jim knew there was something really wrong with his father. But this episode, I'm kind of thinking, eh, maybe he doesn't know as much as I think he knows. I'm giving a lot of, like, credit to Sonny Jim. I feel like at at most from what we saw, like, Sonny Jim clearly is like, oh, dad's being silly. Ha ha, dad. But it doesn't seem, he doesn't seem concerned, certainly. 
no one is concerned, and that is concerning. <laughs> that I is very concerning. I don't think they're real people. Like, I don't, I don't think, think any of them are real people. They're like people from like an atomic testing they live like housing in a, zone. Yeah, you know? like Seriously. a prefab life and a prefab house. It's like a prefab existence. Yeah, because, you know, there was talk and theories online that do- the doggy was essentially just created out of nowhere. Right. And that seems like his life in general and everyone involved in his life might have also been created out of nowhere. I would say we know we know Dougie's a doppelganger, right? And we were talking, I think, last week about how if Dougie has always... If there was no real person that existed where Dougie now exists or Dale Dougie now exists, then what does that mean as far as Sonny Jim? Is he a, an actual kid? Is he part human child? Is he part... Whatever it is these Black Lodge doppelgangers are, and if that's the case, even if he could uh, ostensibly live a fairly normal life, it would make sense that he is tied into it or connected to it in a way where it would phase him less than everybody else. But it also seems like it's not really phasing everybody else all that much. Yeah, especially his wife, who, you know... I love and hate Janie. <laughs> she is definitely fun to watch. Naomi Watts is very fun to watch in this character. Uh, but we also see a callback to the first... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It was first episode or second episode with Jade. Was it Jade? Yes. Yeah, the prostitute. Jade give two rides. Yes. And she goes, I bet oh. she does. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, yeah, that was amazing. He owes more people money. She's going to take care of it. We'll get into that in a little bit. But then we see... Oh, sorry, go ahead. There was that thing I want to bring up about the whole Camelot theory that we've got going on. Yes. So, as we had stated in one of our previous after shows that... Glastonbury Grove is where the Black Lodge is. It's also where King Arthur... Yeah, Glastonbury, England, yep. Yeah, yeah. and um, Ethan Suppley and Sarah Paxton in the episode uh, where they're in the casino, he says, you live, you know, on Lancelot Court off Merlin's Market. Tonight, when uh, Janie E. got the phone call, she said she's going to meet them at Merlin's Market and Guinevere. There's something going on with this Queen Arthur, Queen Arthur, King Arthur <laughs> stuff, and I'm trying to figure it, it out, is, but it I'm not really sure. It is far too consistent to be nothing. But no, it's, it's so it, obvious. It's a question, yeah. though, of like, is this actually going to pay off, or is it just a fun, uh, a thing that we, a little line we can follow that doesn't necessarily have a, a pot of gold at the end of it, or will this somehow pay off? Well, that would suck. I would think not. Why would they put so much effort into it if it's not really going somewhere? Yeah, I agree, and I'm really glad that you brought it up when we were watching it. You know, we paused it and talked about it, and there's definitely something going on there. We also see Dougie slash Dale have the vision of Mike, and and Mike is screaming, don't die, don't die. You need to wake up, don't die. 
Why do they always see him in the carpet? Like, <laughs> like he's always like looking down, like in a corner. I feel of like a room. I feel like Mike needs a little bit of a canvas, right? Because he always <laughs> sees him where like there's a bit, there's you know there's set dressing there, but mm-hmm. in this case, right, there was that big blank carpet space. So maybe it's a little bit like you need like a phantom projector needs a screen so that well, we can see him. Also, kind of reminds it. me of when Maddie had the vision right before she died, and she saw like this weird thing in the carpet, and she yes. just started freaking out. Like, oh. the, I don't know. I think she saw she saw like the blood on the carpet right it, it was like it was like to me it didn't so. look like blood it just looked like it was a darkened area but i don't i don't know i don't know i feel like there's something about the carpet you guys like the they're always is, having visions in the carpet carpet is full of secrets right? <laughs> the carpet is full of secrets it definitely is so you know this is this, i know this episode is going to be one we're going to look back on i'll probably yeah. watch it about three times maybe more because there were so many hidden clues every which way and this scene I wrote down a bunch of nonsense like that I just <laughs> it literally none of it makes sense but I'm like clue here clue here there's all these things going on so I hope that we do get back to what he meant in that I'm sure that we will uh, what Mike meant in that well he said earlier a couple episodes ago uh, the la- I think the last time that that Dougie Coop saw him mm-hmm. he said you've been tricked now one of you must die. And so I took that to mean either he or the Darkdale doppelganger that's currently sitting in prison messing around with their phones and electricity, one of them has to go. So maybe it's it's a warning that, like, you got to wake up because if this guy gets to you before you can get to him, you're gone and he wins. Mm-hmm. That's that's how I took that. But how do you wake up? Yeah, who, who knows? But like, can't know. they help him out a little bit? He's clearly, like, got no clue. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's struggling hard. Yeah. Uh, the struggle is real for Dale oh. slash Dougie. And I will say, as much as now we're at hour six, as much as I so badly want our Dale Cooper back, I, ha- I said out loud, I'm sitting there watching this episode tonight, and I said out loud, all right, so I always was a big fan of Kyle MacLachlan, but as it turns out, the dude is straight up a genius. <laughs> I hope he gets an Emmy. I'm not kidding. He, this is a yeah. genius piece of performance, and I, I'm so powerfully excited to see where he gets to take whatever version of these characters he gets to continue to play on this show, because my goodness, this is next level impressive stuff. And it's really funny. It's just fun. The small scenes and the nuances with him, I find it endlessly entertaining. So yeah, part of me doesn't want real Dale back. Because <laughs> you know what you're going to get with Dale. Yeah. Super but intelligent. I do think he's going to, you know, see a picture or some kind of symbol or sign and all of a sudden it's going to be like, whoa, I'm well, back. like I, my prediction was is that he's going to maybe possibly run into Diane and she's going to help him remember things with the recordings. I could be way well, off. Well, I don't part, know. Part of that prediction came true tonight. Speaking of Diane, yeah. we finally meet Diane, Laura Dern. This is who she's playing. We know it's a very pivotal part. She couldn't talk about it at all. We see her in a fabulously weird wig. Uh, and this is why, too, I was just before we went live, I was talking about how I got to stay off the Reddit now because they, they <laughs> called this. They called this. Nobody knew. Nobody had any conclusive evidence to suggest that this was absolutely the case, that it was going to be Diane that Albert's going to find and it would be Laura Dern. But th- there was reason to believe that, oh, this this would make a lot of sense to play this exactly this way and to cast this actress. And, of course, that turns out to be the case. Now, there are a couple of other things that they've been speculating about, and now I'm just waiting for these things additionally to pan out. Now I'm going like, I, these guys are smart. I got to stay off of there because they're <laughs> accidentally spoiling the whole thing for me. 
I'm going to actually start going on there now that you mentioned <laughs> that because I uh, F and Gene Kelly and the mother F and Rain. Yes. By the, and I love this, like, this angry, the angriest singing in the rain reference maybe that I've ever heard. And also, I'm watch, I watched at home and I texted the group something and Mike th- threw that line at me. And I was like, what, what is happening? Because I hadn't gotten there yet. I was like, what did I do? What, why is everybody so mad at me? I think I'm the one that threw it. Oh, was it you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, somebody somebody threw that. That's yeah. why you were looking at me like, what? Yeah, I'm like, uh, what are you talking about? Somebody threw that at me, and I was like, what did I do? <laughs> I know. I just, I actually knew it was gonna, the line was going to have significance in the future, so I just, <laughs> it was pretty awesome. I have a question for Lex. Yes. Do you know anything about Loomis and Stockton? Loomis really sounded really familiar for me from Fire Walk With Me, and we saw that on the insurance forms that he was due. I don't, I mean, I know of a, a couple of Loomises. When I hear Loomis, I no, think Halloween, I think Halloween yeah, yeah, immediately, yeah. and then I think Scream. I think of Scream. Um, yeah. But no, not in terms of the Twin Peaks mythology, nothing that's coming to mind Yeah, we were like really looking at those insurance forms <laughs> whose names were on them. Well, again, I think those insurance forms were gold. They showed them for a reason. Mm-hmm. It was very specific. I think that there's just clues all over there or they're just messing with me and i'm gonna be taking screenshots yeah, of we're it we're gonna go back and pause all night long yeah but yeah, what do you guys think of those drawings i i can't stop thinking about like it what did everybody box. think it, the, the stairs all of the difference the, so the little right and he saw these little like gl- these little sparkly dots that seem to be guiding his hand towards where to put these symbols mm-hmm. and apparently if you gave mullins long enough he was able to decipher something from them but i was looking at these and going is this this looks a little bit very loosely almost like a, a depiction of what his journey was before yes. he got out of the lodge yeah it looks like that scene with nato when they That's climb the la- yeah, with the ladder, the ladder and then the sure. long the long plunge into this like black abyss i was like this is more or less what happened to him but apparently in in the world of the lucky seven insurance company mm-hmm. this is code for some something big yeah it's code for something greater before we get into all of that, though, definitely want to talk about Richard Horn. I have a question mark oh, next to it. Yes. Uh, it's him. We <laughs> what a dick. And him, and we see, uh, I believe this is this was Balthazar Getty again, right? Playing yeah, this, uh, mm-hmm. playing, totally. playing Red. And we saw him, I think, at the end of the second episode. Yep. He was standing Creeping in front in the of the bang, bar. Bang. Mm-hmm. Also, one thing that I, I kept meaning to bring up uh, from our first show on that we haven't touched on, I think, is behind him at that bar was Walter Okowitz, who played Jacques on the original series, playing uh, a character credited as Jean-Michel Renault. So apparently there is another Renault family member that still works at the Roadhouse. But yeah, mm-hmm. so we see Red back. We get uh, one of my favorite extras that I've ever seen in anything is this guy standing behind Red, <laughs> the big guy behind Red, mm-hmm. with the gun that's almost as big as he is, just smiling. Sam laughed at him, and I was like, what? This massive <laughs> grin the entire scene as Red uh, torments Richard. Oh my god. So you guys, that was the second AD on the show. Really? Playing that part. No way. Yes. Ime. Shout cool. out to Ime Itak. That's awesome. Because that was a fantastic bit of nonverbal character work. Like, I felt like I know now a lot about this guy from him standing in the background and smiling like that. I thought he was frozen. I was like, are we watching something that's frozen? (laughs) So what the hell was wrong with him? Red is crazy. Are they all on drugs? Are they on drugs? Yes. Yes. Is it meth? And he says he's got a problem with his liver, too, that apparently makes his liver itch is the way it looked like he was behaving. (laughs) Right. So is he just like the big like kingpin drug dealer comes into town and Richard's like his 
little drug dealer. He's I, also a magician. What's going on? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. By the so way, I, yeah, he's a all magician. of a sudden, all change, loose change in the town of Twin Peaks is magic. Yeah, all the turns out. are just rolling around. <laughs> yeah, that's why we have it. You always wonder why do we need change? This is exactly why we need change. So you can materialize it in someone's yes. mouth to I mess mean, with them. I was trying to think of the significance of the dime. I. I'm not exactly. I'm gonna, you know, throw that out there just see if anyone likes uh, has any ideas. But I mean, look, if there was if there was a specific relevance to Twin Peaks mythology in particular, I might be able to <laughs> to go. Yeah, but no, I'm as puzzled as you guys. I think. Yes, that's amazing. Isn't that it, makes isn't, me feel it's great. It's a beautiful equalizer. Um, no, I, there's a lot in this episode where I – a lot that I could tie back into the greater mythology. And we'll get to some stuff where, once again, literally stood up from my seat while I was watching. I figured you were. But uh, but there are a few things where I went, all right, I just got to do my best to take this at face value because I don't really know. Which is exactly, I think, how we're supposed to feel, especially at this point. Uh, we see that entire crazy scene with the dime, and it goes from uh, the, his hand to his mouth, back to his hand. And Richard Horn, first of all, looks like Audrey. I could definitely yeah, he's see got that the beauty resemblance. Mark. Oh, he did. I don't I know if you noticed. Noticed. A lot of, a lot of speculation. Beauty mark. The speculation that I am now, I'm now committing myself to avoiding from now on, but the speculation is maybe he is Audrey's son. I think it has to be. I'm getting pissed at this point. We just finished part six, and there's no Audrey. Yeah, I'm are you joking me? I felt like heck? we were going to get her, didn't you? Weren't yeah. you feeling it? They have yeah. to give it to us next episode. Got yeah, to. They really yeah. have it. They really have, we have to. have to have it. Soon, we haven't seen... There are a handful of characters we still haven't seen that yeah. we know are coming back. We still haven't seen Big Ed. We know Big Ed's around. We saw him for a second, didn't we? Or no, was that we haven't in, seen... Well, that was the, probably for the trailer. In one of the trailers, the trailer, there's that shot yeah. of him. Yeah, but we haven't seen uh, Big Ed yet. We haven't and seen Sarah Palmer. We saw, we saw her for a second at it her grass, house. And then... A grocery store or no? Is that we shot at, a, her, at her house? The shot of the grocery store is in from the trailer, trailer too. Yeah, okay. and then we got we got that one shot of Nadine, but no more of Nadine either. Oh, I loved that. Yeah, no more <laughs> of Nadine. You know, hopefully we'll get a lot more people, and and it also makes me think. You know, all of these famous people that were announced to be on the show that we've seen: Michael, Sarah, Amanda, Seyfried. Is this the only thing we're going to get of them? Was this a cameo? I don't think so. I don't know. I can't imagine that we won't see more of Amanda Seyfried. I feel like she's going to end up, just the way we treat her in the one episode we've seen her in, I feel like she's going to end up being a little bit more significant. The flip side, I'd be a little surprised if we see Wally Brando again. But I do feel like, and I mean this in the best way possible, I feel like a little Wally Brando goes a very long way. Not that I, I, lo- I love that scene. That was a, one of my favorite pieces of performance that I'm probably going to see for the next two years. But <laughs> I, I, could, I can live off of that little bit of Wally Brando now for a long time. Okay. I could too. I definitely could too. Uh, okay, so I think I actually see something interesting in the chat. I'm just glancing at it right mm, now. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. It's Mark Flanagan. I'm looking at the same thing. Yeah, read what he said, Lisa. He said, the guy with the coin is Mrs. Tremont's grandson. He does magic. She tells Donna in season two. The little David Lynch-looking boy uh, who has the cream corn appear uh-huh. in his hands. That And, of course, the easy way to tip that is if you if we see that white face mask thing at any point, then that's the show telling us that that is true there are probably other shorthand ways to do that but if you see that mask again that's proof positive wait so you guys think that balthasar getty is that little boy grown up isn't that what you're saying i mean i whoever that is they're, they're putting two and two together and we're just kind it of does speculating kind of make sense. 
Yeah, it, it does make sense. You know, I'm just going to let you guys simmer on that for a while. I thought oh. that was a really, really interesting point. want to very briefly bring up this short scene that we had with Shelly. Uh, it, mm. it seemed <laughs> random, but it definitely had some significance to it. We got uh, we saw Heidi yes, again. that's her name. Yeah. I was like, lady that laughs She's, a lot, remember? That, oh, like, once right. you start working there, you don't leave. Yeah, like <laughs> you're just the, there Every forever. single person still working there. And the woman that was ordering all of the pie. Yes. We see her in the another part, which I'm going to get into right now. So we Richard Horn driving. We see uh, we meet this guy Carl. Carl. Yes. With, I, I'm always so happy every time I see Harry Dean Stanton in anything. The dude is a national treasure. But to see Carl back from Firewalk with me is so exciting. And we, the establishing shot is the new. Fat Trout Trailer Park, yeah. because mm-hmm. the trailer park in Fire Walk With Me was located in the town of Deer Meadow, which it seemed to be a few towns over from Twin Peaks, at least, close enough that, uh, you know, you could find Teresa Banks's body, and it was close enough that the investigation would lead you into that into that next town. Um, but yeah, Deer Meadow was that weird, where everything seemed to be like a dark mirror of Twin Peaks. Everybody was surly and unpleasant, <laughs> and Carl still ran that trailer park, where we got, we had one of those phone poles that had the number seven on it mm-hmm. where we got tonight we got those shots again no, from firewalk with me yes but we got the number six. six pole and we got the same slow pan up to the the uh circuitry on the phone pole right. but yeah. it's nice to see carl still around it is nice to see that he's still running a version of the fat trout trailer park which is the new version which seems to be is now close enough to twin peaks that per the conversation in the van Every day, the same time, Carl goes into town, and into town is Twin Peaks. Close enough where if he's going to get coffee, he's got that double R to-go cup. Now, here's, there's something, we're going to get into the scene, but what is great, if you've read the book, Secret History of Twin Peaks, there was an allusion to when Carl was younger, when he was a kid, he, a third person whose identity I don't remember, and the log lady, Margaret Lanterman, at, at the time, her name was Margaret Coulson, they named her after Catherine Coulson, the actress, but when they were younger, they may or may not have been abducted by aliens together. Mm-hmm. Aliens, aliens. I'm you guys. Aliens. They do get into aliens and history. So it makes a ton of sense, as, as we saw now start to play out in this episode, it makes a ton of sense that if they had a similar formative experience and the log lady is a, a seer, it makes a certain amount of sense that Carl might be able to see as well. Mm-hmm. Well, well, he should have warned someone about that car. It was <laughs> so upsetting. I was very upset. I was not prepared for this. Yeah, you, know? you were freaking out, and I had to tell you, this is not real. <laughs> I cried. I was not ready to cry tonight. Yeah, you were in the bathroom when we got here, Michael, but Lisa goes, oh my god, and I go, I know. We just knew it, you know, it us as women. Horrific. It was very upsetting. Yeah, yeah. Michael needed to remind me that it's he's not a real child. So... We see. I'm just gonna call him Dick because he's such a dick. Yeah, <laughs> he's driving. We know someone's gonna get hit, and we think it's gonna be Carl. Oh, I was, yeah, I was yeah, really I was afraid that we were gonna swerve away from the boy and something was gonna happen to Carl. And maybe this makes me a monster, but I would have been more sad <laughs> if it was Carl. No, I I don't ever want to. I hate seeing that so much. What we saw it, and in a way, I'm not sure if it was because I was uncomfortable and sad watching it, but. There was something awkwardly comical. Yes. 
Mm-hmm. I hate saying it's that. It's kind of like that uh, when, like, the very first Final Destination movie, when the girl like walks out, and she's like yelling at her boyfriend, <laughs> and then the bus yeah. comes and piles right. her down, and you don't even see it coming, and you're just like, <gasps> yeah, 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 it just totally changed. Like the screen just almost. Yeah. Like, Something else yeah. that we were talking about right before we went live was much like the car exploding, Dougie's car exploding in last week's episode. The way they executed and cut around the effect is almost comical. In a way that, yeah, I found myself laughing. And then you get all of these these bystanders reacting. And the range of reactions, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. in a way that actually did feel <laughs> real. Mm-hmm. Not everybody was was devastated falling apart. There was a range of reactions. People who, like, were really feeling the impact of it. I that like were that. devastated by the sight of it. And there were people, there was one uh, one extra who was in the back of a shot that just looked like, hmm. And I was like, yeah, that, this is ridiculous. It's silly. It feels heightened. But that's probably what a crowd of bystanders in this situation would be doing. But no one goes up to the mother except for Carl. Except Carl. And I I don't know what he has going on in his head, what he's communicating with this woman by just being there with her, or if he's just being a good person and we're looking far too into this. I think, I think at first he was just being a good person, but then he sees... Yeah, this like this light. What, yeah, what I took to be the best I can figure immediately without further information is did Carl see this little boy's soul That's essentially what it looked like leaving to me. his Spirit. body? Yeah. What did you say you saw online that someone said, Lisa, I think you said, uh, is it his uh, Garmin Bosia? And someone goes, no, he's too young for that yeah. or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, he's too young to be uh, tainted by that. But. Yeah. It was a really awful scene. I don't think any TV show or movie likes portraying seeing a child be completely brutally killed in front of your eyes. So I do think there is going to be a significance and a callback to this. There's a scene in Ash vs. Evil Dead Season 1 where they seem to get a real (laughs) kick out of it. But you're right. In general, uh, no. And it's it's very tragic and it's very... It it seemed like if if Carl wasn't aware before that he was a seer, because we don't know. We don't know based on what's in Firewalk with me if he's necessarily in touch with this ability but it seems like this was a powerful enough experience that if he wasn't aware before this maybe switched him on and if he had been aware of it in the past his reaction i thought again i've only watched this episode once but his reaction said to me this is either something he's never experienced or it's been a good long while yeah i just want to clarify with everyone we don't think it was funny that the boy got killed we are very upset by it but it was the way that the scene was created mm-hmm. that it's kind of brought so something opera. visceral it's intentionally it's, yeah uh, so- tragic tragic comic you could call it yes mm-hmm. and it's something that's so insane that we don't see a lot that you're almost laughing because you go even Whoa. by the way that they got there they were like t- playing tag like all the yeah. way into the street and i looked yeah. at you i said that's an interesting way of getting around town <laughs> you, <did>. you, <laughs> but you like you talk about that there was something which we'll get to pretty soon which is horrifying in this episode that might literally be the funniest thing i've ever oh seen my. <laughs> okay well next Really briefly, we see the crackhead mom um, and the... 119. Yes. 119. The 119. Yes, and the coroner and the, the police have showed up and they're grabbing the pieces of Dougie's exploded car. They yeah, find the a plate on the roof. Yeah, the license plate's on the roof. I loved that. Again, something's gonna, you know, we're gonna figure out what is this, the, what this lady is about. We don't have enough time to get into it, but guys, we will in the future. Um, okay, so then we... What are we gonna call this? Uh, the assassin. The, the little assassin. The little assassin. Yeah. That's what we. This is are. what I was referring to. This yes. might, in fact, literally be the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> so we see him with pictures, and one is of Dougie, the the old Dougie, 
And the other one is of this brunette woman we don't know. This was, and I, the, I think Do the music cue. The music black, cue. The Blackberry chick. Yes, the music cue, I think, was there to key us in. This the was Argent, the woman who was making Argent the Argent too. call who called that box yes. in Buenos Aires. Yes. Oh, okay. She's super like, nervous. Michael and I were watching it, and I paused it. We're zooming in. I'm like, who is this person? But this makes a lot of sense now. Okay. The music guys? helped me remember. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. And we see the little assassin, you know, attack uh, Dougie's picture with a screwdriver, and then he puts like it's just a shot. It's it's this this ice pick. It's It's like a big, like a custom ice pick. And I like too. By the way, he got the envelope. Uh, We see Patrick Fischler's character again from uh, the first couple of episodes in Vegas, and he sees this this box, right? This red box shows up on his computer, and he goes to his safe and he gets out this envelope with a black dot on it. And I don't know about you guys, but in my childhood, I was quite a fan of Muppet Treasure Island, where they made quite a to do about the black spot and its relation to pirate mythology. The black spot in pirate lore, actual pirate lore, is like the mark of death. So I thought it was really interesting that this envelope had this black spot on it. It's clearly like, all right, this is shorthand for this is the death envelope. Once you give this envelope, this is the these people are going to die message. Yeah. That, that red block on the screen, it like pulled me to like Dougie's house on Lancelot Court, pulled me to the red room. I don't know. I, I mean, it was really small detail, but a lot of symbolism. To... And I'm just hoping they're not, you know, wanting us to be so confused and all these guesses, it doesn't mean anything. Oh, like, speaking of all. symbolism, I don't know if any of you guys have noticed this, but we literally have <gasps> the chevron of the... Of that's creepy. The Glastonbury Grove. That, after that's yeah. true. It's it's it's, 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 it's off color. Can we do like an After Buzz logo <laughs> I know, that we is need red? To like, yeah. We need to do a yeah. new one. Oh, that'd be actually cool. <laughs> Lisa can do that. Yeah. Yeah, she knows how to do that but stuff. So, but so, okay. <laughs> so this guy gets the envelope and he ice picks the photos and then we get, we get, I know I'm being hyperbolic, but I can't remember the last time I was this caught off guard watching anything. We get this sequence where at the office you hear a commotion from outside this woman's room and then homeboy with the ice pick just runs in. And clearly this is not his first job. He's clearly a guy that people go to for this type yeah, of work. Yeah, for so, sure. But imagine, I'm going like, how does he, how does he do that every time? But imagine how how caught off guard you would be if this if this guy this small guy with an ice pick was just running at you i think you'd you'd need a full five to seven seconds just to assess what's (laughs) even happening happening. and by then he's on you and we get this it's super violent this stabbing and and it's it's the funniest thing i think i've ever seen so violent that when he killed the second woman the one that saw the first murder happen the ice pick is bent (laughs) like in two places it's disgusting i mean Ouch. Uh, and he looks was, at it kind of like, Ugh. Yeah, like, damn, I messed my ice pick up. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to buy another one. Yeah. God. So we have no idea really who he is or why he's doing this. He's but, crazy. Um, it's crazy though. and insanely entertaining and bizarre to watch. And it does definitively now link whoever's trying to kill Dougie mm-hmm. with whatever's going on in Buenos Aires with, I think, by extension then, with Philip Jeffries, and we know that Dale's doppelganger has been 
either talking to a version of Jeffries or under the impression that he's talking to Jeffries. So now finally, again, this is what I'm saying about how it feels like we're moving out of Act 1 into Act 2. We assumed, or I assumed, there had to be something connecting these seemingly disparate events, and now we're starting to move towards connecting them. Yes. I I do feel like this was a big connection episode, for sure. We have Dougie at work. We, you know, touched on it briefly before, but he gets called into the office, and again, these really funny scenes with him are just the best... And uh, is, we're, what are we calling the guy? An assistant? Who want the coffee all the time? That's, uh, I believe that's Josh Fadum, isn't it? What's, you know, what's exactly... <laughs> really I, saw, yeah, yeah, I, I call him Josh Fadum with the coffee. What's I saw him job? in Atwater Village, by the way, yesterday. I almost rolled down the window. I'm like, eh, but he's just... Uh. Randomly, you should have small just had, town. You should have kidnapped him and had him come tonight because that would have been fantastic. Uh, you know, well, whatever Dougie's doing though, recreating the ladder, all of this, and he ends up doing something right with his uh, work homework and with his boss. And what do we think this is about, though? I, I there. Okay, so I don't. I straight up don't know. But there was that moment where he was able to call out last week that uh, Tom Sizemore was lying about something to do with the report that they were discussing. Mm-hmm. So obviously, I, and I have no clue what this code could possibly mean to to Badlin Bud. But clearly, he put something together, and it's like this is very good work. I, go, but I may need your help again in the future. Mm-hmm. So there's, I think, something, there's like there is in any David Lynch story, I think beneath the veneer of normalcy at this company, there's probably something going on. People are doing some things behind the scenes maybe they shouldn't. And Dougie inadvertently has handed Battle and Bud some evidence to that effect through this, this code. Yeah, yes. I think he probably proved the fact that Sizemore was lying. Yes. I feel like that's what those things... I mean, obviously we don't have, like, any idea what that meant, but it... I think it kind of goes along with, like, him hitting all those jackpots at the casino. Like, I feel like everything is guiding him in, like, this right direction. He's getting some signs from wherever to push him in the right direction. Just want to briefly mention the really awesome scene, Janie E., with the guys that Dougie owes money to. <laughs> and one of them is uh, Jeremy Davies. Yep. Mm-hmm. It was such a... I it, I did not like Janie E.'s character. I go, oh, I'm so sick of her. I hate her. Until this scene. Same. Loved it. I felt exactly the same way. It was like the way she chewed them out is like a way like a like a soccer mom is going to like... Oh, yeah. Chew out. Like, it's not... This dogs. isn't my final offer. <laughs> this is my only offer. But it's, it's just funny how she got cheated on, but she's ready to defend Dougie right after. Yeah. Well, so I she's think... She's got all that money now. Uh, well, it's yeah, like you... It's, still. Well, it's like you got to protect now. We have this, this bit of money. It's like we want to protect that but it's also even if she decided i dougie i hate your guts i never want to see you again she's still got a son mm-hmm. i think that she wants to make sure is safe from potential reprisals right it's i a, think it's a mother's people. instinct yeah absolutely let's talk about hawk we have this bathroom Ooh, so this see? this is when i stood up out my chair okay i Tom Cruise you style. got an idea <laughs> what the heck well i think here? i think i think i know what happened here okay. and i'm not i'm not Break positive but i think i know what happened so first episode First episode of this new series, Hawk gets a call from the log lady that says, she says, something is missing, and it has to do with Agent Cooper, and the way you're going to find it has something to do with your heritage. And this line has, a version of this line has been paraphrased and repeated a couple of times since, but I think the actual wording is significant. So, Hawk drops a a buffalo nickel in the bathroom, and he, he sees it. Hawk has always been very intuitive. He sees it lands in this other stall. He goes to pick it up and he turns around and he sees the label on the door. The, the, yeah, uh, the, the people who metal made the label. Nez Perce 
manufacturing. Mm -hmm. Now, per the book, The Secret History of Twin Peaks, Hawk is a descendant of the Nez Perce Indian tribe, which existed in the region as far back as in the opening section of the book, which I've talked about on this show, Lewis and Clark's expedition to discover that part of the country. The chief of the Nez Perce, Twisted Hair, gives them a number of artifacts, and most of them, they don't know how they were made, they certainly don't know what they're for, but one of the items that they are given by the chief of the Nez Perce is, in a small pouch, the Jade Owl Ring. So this tribe has been in the region for a very long time, and they are tied into the mythology. Hawk descends from them. He takes the back of the door mm -hmm. off of this, this bathroom stall door and pulls out pages. Yes. Now, before I tell you guys what I think is happening here, I, I want to know, what, what do you guys know? Do you guys, did you guys key into anything there? Did it set off any alarms <laughs> in anybody else's head? Anybody in the chat? Do you guys zero. thoughts? Because I have some thoughts. It, it set off a lot of alarms, but I didn't know what those alarms were for or why. You know, I just was like, hmm, this is interesting. This is important. I think that, uh, I mean, again, the dime connection. It's uh, because we, I know it's the coin. It, it, it all is connected. I think the dime has significance. Mm -hmm. I know some people, some people in the chat, some people in the chat are onto it. So go for it. Here is my theory. If you look at those pages, they, were, they are pages that were torn out from somewhere with a, a script handwriting. Oh, is this a diary? I think these are pages from Laura's diary, and I think they're very significant pages from Laura's, Laura's diary in that. If you remember, one of the only, only, only things David Lynch would say about this new series prior to it airing is that Fire Walk With Me was going to be very significant to the events that we see unfold. If you guys remember, there is a scene in Fire Walk With Me where a time-displaced Annie appears to Laura in her bed and says, my name is Annie. I've been with Dale and Laura. The good Dale is in the lodge and he can't leave. Write it in your diary. I think these pages contain that information or something that will lead Hawk to that because Hawk is the only person I think that's still in town for whom the lodges are of any great significance. He would know. He'd be the one person who would be able to take that information and not go, huh? But in fact to interpret what that might mean and what then the next steps would have to be. Yeah. And it's something that was missing, those missing pages. They have to do with Agent Cooper if that information is in there, and the way he found them has something to do with his heritage. Well, that's a pretty good explanation. We're going to have to leave it up <laughs> okay, to that's, you guys. That's a theory, but that would make the most sense to me. It's a good theory. I honestly wish we could break this down. A million. It's not that we don't want to or we can't. You guys were running a little bit low on time. Before oh my we, God, it's almost over. Yeah, oh. we're, we're basically almost done. Uh, so before we wrap up, I, of course, have to mention the scene at the end with Doris and Frank. We, you know, see Doris again. She's upset. We learn that, uh, you know, their son committed suicide. Mm, yeah, poor Frank. Yeah, which, so it's kind of explaining these their relationship a little bit. It's giving us a slice of life into this uh, this specific storyline. So I just want to bring that up because, again, I think it's going to be significant in the future. On that note, let's get into some very, very quick predictions. Or after Buzz TV predictions. All right. Who wants to start, guys? Not me. Not me. All right. I, I mean, I feel like I feel like I feel like the last thing I just said was my <laughs> big was my big prediction. I mean, I hope uh, we'll see how much more Diane we get. How soon? I 
I have to assume at this point, since we're a full third of the way through the season and our Dale is not back, I have to assume that Diane might be instrumental in helping him wake up somehow. But I'm not I'm not sure. And it's so it is so exciting that we're watching a show where I can watch this thing for six hours and I can speculate about certain elements, but I have no earthly idea where this story's going. And that <laughs> that so excites me. Yes, that is the beauty of Twin Peaks. Uh, okay, so my real only prediction is that we're going to get Audrey. Yes. Next week, hopefully. I can't wait. What about you guys? Oh, we forgot about Loggy. I'm calling him Loggy now. We're best friends. I think that there is... I don't know if it's going to be Amanda Seyfried's character, but I feel like there's going to be another murder like mm-hmm. the murder in the late 80s. And that's going to kind of pull all this together. I love it. I love know. it. What about you, what about Lisa? You, Lisa? Um, I think it's kind of obvious what I'm thinking, but I think Dick... Horn has really got it coming for him, and I think that that was like really great character development the way they set it up. Uh, and his name, his name, something else I just remembered. His name is Richard, and yeah. we got a name drop to a Linda tonight in the van with Carl. He's talking to mm-hmm. his oh, friend uh-huh. Linda. There was an allusion to maybe she she served in combat, and the government just got her a new chair. But so we have a Richard and we have a Linda. But in our original run of the show, we had a spirit Mike and a spirit Bob, and we also had a Mike and a Bobby that were not connected to them at all. So this yes. could be significant. It could also hmm. be a red herring. Hmm. Guys, we are going to leave it up to you for the rest of the week. Tweet at us. Let us know your theories. We love hearing from you all the time. One more time from the fans out there. Where can everyone find y'all on social media? You can find me everywhere at Lisa Mason Lee. <laughs> you can find me at Michael X Shirley on Instagram and Twitter. I am all over social media at the Lex Michael. And you guys can find me, Sam Davidson, at SamD43 on Twitter and Instagram and at SamDavidsonEntertainment.com. We will see you all next week. Thanks for tuning in. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Don't Don't die. die. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 